0: Welcome to City Girls Pod, and this is a show where we are talking about sex in the city, and we are deep into season six. Very exciting. We are talking about uh, episodes 14 through 16, or it's that they have it as like part two, episodes two through two, three, and four, I think is how they do it. But anyway, we're having fun talking about episodes. That's what matters. And I'm co producer Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Hello. And our friend Kaylee Scott is here. Kaylee, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm
1: happy to be back. Yes.
0: So if people missed the last time you were on, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our uh, our audience?
1: Yes. Um, so my name is Kaylee and I'm a childhood friend of Jack's um, slash comedy partner slash Writing partner, platonic um, life, <laughs> life partner. Um, yeah, we've known well, I won't even say it'll make us, I can't even say how long we've known each other because it'll make us sound really old. But um uh, <laughs> I'm an actor, writer, uh, and producer.
0: Yes. Well, we're excited to have you on the show today. And we have three pretty fun episodes, I think. And we give our normal uh, uh warning, I guess. Uh, that this is a mature podcast, mature show. So if that's not your jam, we got tons of other content on Homeworkies Podcast that you can listen to. So let's dive in. Let's talk about it. The first episode is called The Ick Factor. And uh, we, have, uh, we have Steve and Miranda getting engaged. Very sweet and uh and their then their uh, ma- their wedding so they we get the full thing happening um but we also have uh harry and charlotte uh they're trying to have a baby um and uh other shenanigans happen with them and we have alexander and carrie uh going to the opera yeah. so uh overall what do you think of this episode Jax?
2: I mean, this is really fun. I think this is also like peak Stephen Miranda, which is almost painful to watch given what happened and just like yeah. that. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. I think we could see a lot of vulnerability from Charlotte too, which I really love. Something I found confusing that we can talk about more as we dive into it is I, I definitely have the ick factor with. Alexander he's not my guy but I am confused why Carrie all of a sudden is like I can't deal with with fancy events when it's like she loves doing that stuff so that's I would just want to throw that out there to the group that's my initial takeaway from this episode enjoying it though enjoying the heck out of the season
0: yeah yeah I kind of felt that too uh but uh but I did love we'll talk about it more but I loved that dress is one of the better like fashion moments i think of the show uh but uh what did you think uh overall this episode kaylee
1: um i really liked it uh i agree with the i mean i agree that there is an factor with him um that's just not my it's not like how i like to be courted (laughs) but um to to your point jack i think maybe it was more like that's all it ever was with him. Like there was no balance. There was no like the opera in a dress one night and like I don't know, sweats and pizza and like bad television the next night. Um that was my sort of take mm-hmm. on like all she- grand gestures. Like const like that's exhausting. Like it's like he's constantly like putting on a show and you're like, Where's the is there like a real person under here? And I'm like, am I actually getting to know? someone or am I just getting or am I just like being trying to be impressed the whole time um but no I thought the episode was good I really liked I thought the Stephen Miranda stuff was super on brand for them as a couple um as someone who's not very into wedding culture I was like if only everyone could do that Like, only everyone was like we're getting hitched in a community garden come on in um and uh what else oh yeah. and then of course and then there's yeah,
0: yeah, and then Harry, and, Harry and Charlotte, yeah. But that I I did think it was very sweet, and it, the the wedding kind of reminded me of of like a quarantine wedding, kind of what happened when uh, you'd have these sort of small uh, little gatherings, uh, you know, uh, sometimes just a witness or two, you know, kind of a thing. And I mean, also my my um sister and brother in law. Uh, they got married uh, by, by just a Joseph peace over in England. Um, and uh, it was just them and uh, his, I think, mother and sister, I think. Uh, but they uh, recorded it and everything. And they had a cake. And it was very cute. And they'd still, I think, like to have a wedding eventually. But um, they uh, especially needed to for the visa. You know, madness or whatever, uh, but um, but I think that there were a lot of really cute little weddings like that during uh, the last couple of years. People, yeah, it's uh, nice people... to know
2: that people can do it simply, and that we don't have to feed into. If that's what you want, that's great. But you don't have to feel like compelled to feed into the wedding culture if that's not your jam.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I I understand why she didn't want to wear white. Uh, but I do think that that's kind of a a old tradition of it necessarily symbolizing virginity I feel like that's not really much of a thing anymore but if she didn't want to wear white that's fine but I didn't love what she ended up with wasn't my favorite the velvet
1: Um, yeah it was it because I can't remember and I didn't look it up when it aired was it supposed to be autumn like it felt like a very it felt very autumnal. and I know later on there's mention of March being very far away um like in Mm -hmm. a couple episodes so yeah for like an autumn wedding I was sort of into it but um I mean she obviously didn't like if when you think bride she did not look like a bride but then again it's Miranda so like mission accomplished I think yeah
0: yeah what would you think of her dress jacks
1: um yeah I I thought it was
2: sort of like a non-starter for me like I didn't dislike it or like it Mm -hmm. I thought the whole not wearing white thing Ends up being kind of a funny thing for like the line that she gets to say in the dress shop, but then also when Steve's mom gets to be like, "I was with child. I shouldn't have been wearing white," and I live for those moments with yeah, Steve's mom. I funny. think she is a loose cannon, and I love her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we also have Samantha. She is going to these events with Smith, and uh, that he's named the number number one guy to watch. Uh, and so she's feeling very insecure because that's the, the interesting thing about Samantha. She puts on a big front, but she's actually like really insecure about a lot of things. Uh, and so she decides that she, uh, she wants to get a boob job and uh, she is, uh, you know, looking at all of these women and, oh, I like that one. I don't like that one. That one's too big. That one's too small. And... <laughs> Uh-huh. And then she ends up going to the doctors, uh, and uh, she gets her uh, surprise. I guess. Um, what did you, Jax? What did you think about this with Samantha? First of all, her wanting to get a boob job, her insecurities. What do you think about that?
2: I mean, Samantha's got a really conventionally and otherwise like wonderful body. Uh, I'm all for women doing whatever they want to do. That's within their, um, you know, financial realm to do for their body. I think that's great. It's just interesting though, because she's never seemed to have a problem with her boobs before until she sees them in these magazines with Smith. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like it has a lot more to do with her insecurities around dating him and feeling vulnerable than it actually does about her boobs. But thank goodness she does go in for that boob job because it's, yeah, yeah, the, the doctor finds the lump, which was really hard to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeley, what did you think about this?
1: I'm the same as Jackie in terms of, I think if you want to do, you know, if you want to like modify your body in any way, um, as long as you can afford to. And as long as the doctor that you're seeing is being responsible about it, I think it's great. I myself get Botox. That's, you know, the most I've done, um, you know, electively, um, me too. And I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) We love our Botox. Um, and you know, so in terms of that, um, and I agree, like, I mean, she, she is someone who like her insecurities manifest themselves in a very like sexual way. So it did also make sense to me that, that, you know, seeing herself, seeing herself with this like, younger sort of rising star man would really activate a lot of her insecurities. And, you know, she just happened to zero in on her chest. Um, I did think it was really funny, the like interaction with the bartender, who was like, you need to see this doctor. Just like the bartender whose breasts that she really liked. Doctor's office, yeah, I mean, honestly, like been there, done that. Um, I wasn't going to the doctor for augmentation. I was just going for a checkup. And my doctor felt a lump and also thought, you know, probably just a cyst, but go get it checked out. And also it was not just a cyst, it was cancer. And I feel like, um, I mean, Jackie, you could probably attest to this more, but I like, surprisingly, I think my reaction was like very similar to Sam's where I was just oh, like, what I
2: was watching this back. I was like, holy moly. Cause I haven't watched this since your diagnosis. So, uh, yeah, I was like, this is almost eerie.
1: It, I know. I mean, even to the point of like, uh, you know, so then she doesn't want to ruin the wedding. So she tells Carrie cause she doesn't want it sort of hanging over her, mm-hmm. but she's also like, I don't want to ruin the wedding. And yeah, Jackie and I had like, it wasn't a wedding, but we had dinner with a friend the day. And I had already known for like a, a week, sort of when it doesn't look good and you get a biopsy, they're kind of like, um, color breast surgeon, but I, I found out officially a day that Jackie and I had like a girl's dinner planned with a friend and I don't want to like ruin the day. I don't want to bring the dinner down. So I just like, didn't say anything and just like had a, di- you know, had We dinner. talked about true crime and- <laughs> <laughs> And like we our not- favorite, like 25 U- year old YouTubers. Um, and then after that, like we all went home and then I texted Jackie and I was like, hey look. <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think it's uh I think it's funny and I think I don't know I think maybe before this I would have been like I don't know if that's like a super realistic response but then having been through it I was like mm-hmm. oh that's actually exactly how I responded like with a ton of humor super sort of frank about it yeah um, so it turns out it is actually like a pretty um pretty spot on at least mm-hmm. In terms of what happened to me From
4: award-winning author Olivia Matthews comes a New Cozy Mystery in the small town of Peach Coast, Georgia. Murder Out of Character follows book-loving librarian and amateur sleuth Marvay after she finds a handwritten list of locals' names at an event. With time
0: running out and a serial killer on the loose, can she piece the clues together in time?
4: Full of Southernisms, a quirky supporting cast, and a sweet side helping of romance. This mystery is the perfect whodunit for your fall reading list. Publishers Weekly
0: calls Murder Out of Character the prose equivalent of a Hallmark family movie. Available now on Amazon and at Barnes & Noble and select bookstores. For more about Murder Out of Character and Olivia's entire Peach Ghost Library mystery series, visit www.patricesurgent.com. That's patricesurgent.com. This
2: way, you're a Samantha. You're mostly yeah. a Carrie, but how you deal with <laughs> breast cancer. Special
0: <Yeah>. Samantha. <laughs> and then, this, if this is too personal, then you don't have to. But, like, how big is, are the, Can you, like, feel the lump? Do you know that it's there? Or is it like. Yeah, I've always wondered about that how well, do you even know
1: uh, my doc so like sam my doctor found it um and it was uh 1.3 centimeters so it okay. was feel. uh also like sam i did not have big breasts so i think maybe in someone with larger breasts maybe, and depending on where it is you might not feel it it might be something that's caught in imaging um after the age of 40 but um i am under the age of 40 so mm. no imaging no uh family history. So there was no mean, wow. no There was no like imaging done early. And so I always had cystic breasts. So I never actually knew how to tell the difference. Like they always tell you and I still don't know. I do know women who like found their own. Um several women who found their own and um, you know, went to the doctor and and from there, you know, wow. it unfolded as it unfolded. So you well? were
0: lucky. I mean uh to that you had that uh, appointment.
1: Yeah, it was just like I make my rounds in like March, April every year, just to all my doctors, just to, you know, yeah. dermatologists, like PCP, gynecologist, all mm-hmm. that. Um, so it was my PCP who you know felt wow. it and said like probably a cyst, but you know, let's get an image, let's let's make sure we know what it is. And so like Sam, it, it, was all, it was stage one. And like Sam, I did um, adjuvant chemotherapy as well.
0: So how are you, how are you currently feeling? What's your current uh, status, I guess? I'm
1: um, good. I, <laughs> uh, Sam and I chose different surgeries. So a slightly different path there. But I did four rounds and I finished last week uh, as of filming this. So. Wow. Ah, so I'm feeling
0: good that's amazing well we'll definitely keep you in our prayers and hope that you continue to recover
1: thank
0: Uh, you but uh but yeah I mean uh it's an interesting thing for Samantha because it's the first time the show has really given her something real vulnerable to deal with I mean I feel like the other ladies have all had something um you know sort of you know traumatic to kind of deal with and i feel like this is her first one really meaty you know from her
1: yeah and we sort of see her figure out how to rely on people because that's not really her mo like letting smith in i mean like the girls yes i think it was more interesting um or not more interesting but i found it interesting to watch her actually let him in and like Mm -hmm. let him and let him help her whereas like the the girls it was kind of a given that um they were gonna you know they were gonna be a part of this with her mm-hmm. um but yeah she is someone who you know is sort of a serial dater non-committal person um for her to be in a relationship and to have something very big happen um was super interesting for her character yeah yeah uh so we have uh, alexander writing carrie a
0: song and he loves poetry uh he he loves uh, kind of doting on her in that way and she's struggling with it and uh carrie says have have new york women settled for a sugar-free lifestyle have we become romance intolerant <laughs> Um, And, you know, it's interesting because we've talked about the love languages and obviously Alexander and Carrie have very different love languages Uh, and in a relationship, how do you make that work when you, your energies are so different and you express yourself so different? What do you think, Jax?
2: I mean, I thought what Kaylee said earlier really nailed it. At least for me, the way I look at Alexander and like sort of this archetype of it's usually a man that courts in this way. Um, are you real? Is there a real person there? Or do you just like to do these things almost for your own ego? And I think everyone defines romance differently. And I think me probably maybe when I was like 19 or 20 and I was like, I just want a boy who will like play me the guitar and I, I was just so different then, like that's what I thought romance was, and now I'm like, oh, it's pretty much like just like this wouldn't this wouldn't work on me. Hmm. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Would it work on you, Rachel? Um, you She's know, like, I, yeah, why do <laughs> I can be a little bit of a cornball. Um. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's that there's a little bit of um. What are they? Uh. Uh. In um uh in um how i met your mother they called the dobler versus Dahmer. that if it's somebody that you really like that's doing the gesture then it's really then it's romantic but if it's somebody that you're not that into then it's creepy Mm -hmm. and weird yeah so there's some of that but but there does become a point i mean and they haven't been dating that long so maybe that's part of it um is that he's still in that kind of like uh, butterfly sort of stage and then it gets kind of more grounded later on but um, I can be kind of cheesy I don't know <laughs>
2: it I mean you know what you, you know that? No, okay something I would, that I do want to throw out there I don't think he's that considerate of her other than these grand gestures yeah. so I think that's probably what gets under my yeah. skin a little bit because Rachel I think if someone was courting you in this way they would also need to be like a good person yeah <laughs>
0: i mean i would love going to the opera in a pretty dress that is definitely my jam and you're right why is carrie that a problem for carrie uh she seems like she would love that but i do love the fact that harry's like he thinks he's romantic i'm actually romantic (laughs) (laughs) and the true romance is going to the tasty freeze even if you don't like it your girl
1: it is it is and i think that's what carrie is sort of missing and i think also you know he's trying to impress her with all of these things but it is how do you impress someone who already is like he's trying to impress someone who has access to this stuff and so i think maybe that's part of it too Mm -hmm. where she's like okay i could take myself to this and like this is fine and fine but she shows up at his apartment in jeans i think so like i think with relationships she does want that sort of comfort and like the low-key element this is someone who tried to domesticate big like she you know and this is Aiden for a really long time I think I think there's that too and sort of like as someone who lives in New York who lives like very close to Lincoln Center I would be like okay okay like oh gosh I have to act like super impressed by this but I can just go to the opera it's right there and I would just want some at least like some First of all, I wouldn't want them to be like, you're welcome. Like, I'm taking you to the opera. You're welcome. Because I'd be like, I could take myself. And then the other part of it is I would at least be like, OK, that's fine. Like, great. Let's go to the opera. Let's do it. But like, maybe the next night we can go to a dive bar um, and and just talk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite scenes in any movie ever is in Moonstruck when uh, Nicolas Cage takes share to the opera though so, uh and they uh and they have an incredible scene after where he's like, where he yeah. yeah it's so good so i mean it can really be great but yeah i love harry and charlotte and they go to the fancy french restaurant and then they get they get uh the runs which is not fun but very funny and <laughs> uh yeah it was interesting where i was talking on twitter the other day about carrie saying with carrie saying that is romance uh if we become romance intolerant and we were talking on twitter about uh this quote that uh, rachel zegler was saying about how they were uh they were making gonna make snow white feel like strong and independent and and uh not uh, and lessened the the role of the romance and so i was we were talking about the fact that it feel like now it's almost seen like if somebody falls in love, it's, it's, it's less feminine or less strong. It's like a weakness of them. And I hate that. I hate that. I, I I think that falling in love is, is absolutely should be a part of feminism and it's okay to fall in love. Like you're not a stronger person if you don't fall in love, like both Parts can be great like i i don't know i just i hate that that this this sort of era we're in where it's like the the female character somehow stronger if she's not in a re- relationship that's ridiculous i don't like that
1: yeah i think it's just people like sort of misconstruing depend like you can be super dependent on a person and that's not healthy for a relationship you know yeah we probably don't want to see women being depicted as being extremely dependent on a man but falling in love is also very vulnerable and brave and so yeah. it's not it's not necessarily like being in a relationship I don't think they I don't think anyone needs to dial back the romance but it's like yeah take a look at your script <laughs> is the if it's about a straight couple uh is this female part of that in some way very dependent and lacking independence Mm -hmm. um you really want to watch two whole people come together like that's the most interesting thing yeah and that's you know that is sort of what we see with charlotte and harry like she doesn't need him and he doesn't need her and that's what makes their relationship work because they're choosing each other and like that's so interesting to watch Mm -hmm. and just the juxtaposition of like their romantic evenings like what Carrie really wants is like, she doesn't want food poisoning, but lying in bed, being like sweaty and disgusting and sick with someone else actually brings you so close mm-hmm. to that person. Whereas like the opera is fun, but that's not going to bond you like that terrible night that <laughs> Charlotte and Harry have, because like, that is what bonds you. You get through that, like seeing each other, at your worst, like like, you hope you have a second bathroom to go to. Um, I was
2: just going to say, as a New Yorker with only one bathroom and will only ever have one bathroom, <laughs> I think we were all a little envious of when when she noted that they had another one, even if she couldn't make it there.
1: Right.
3: Yeah. Right.
1: I had that situation with not, it wasn't as violent of a food poisoning, but yeah, I had that situation with an ex where we were both just like something wasn't right and we just had one bathroom and, you know that's rough but it does bring you the whole that whole kind of scenario brings you very close to another person mm-hmm.
0: um have yeah. either of you seen the um the american version of fever pitch drew barrymore justin long oh. uh it's really good uh, very underrated guy. and the in the um their first date that they uh, go on she gets super sick and he takes care of her and is so sweet and like gets her soup and everything and and uh and uh, I I think it's such like a swoon worthy
3: hmm.
0: even though it's a weird first date it's so swoon worthy really good
2: yeah oh I yeah. love that
0: it's such it's a good movie That's I'm not just long it's um
2: in a way that I'm
1: okay with it's,
0: yes it's not Justin Long it's um what's his name Fallon does, I think. Uh, Fallon yeah
1: right yeah. yeah. Yeah, it came out like the year that the Sox, I think, like yes. won, and it, it was like a yeah, they of, like changed awesome the whole the script
0: beca- because they hadn't won, uh, the they hadn't they hadn't been good for so long, but then all of a sudden the season they're filming, they win the World Series, and so wow. they actually changed the script around, for it. So that's fun. It's a yeah. it's a good movie. I mean, both versions, the British version is also good, but it's about um football slash soccer and it's mm-hmm. colin farrell not colin farrell. what's wrong with me today colin firth oh colin firth.
1: well I'll definitely watch it yeah it's colin
0: both good <laughs> very good <laughs> anyway uh, so here we have to ask you kaylee we we've talked about this before uh jackson and i but do you have a go-to mcdonald's order
1: i, I honestly haven't been in mcdonald's in so long and it's i'm not like not in like a judgy health conscious way um I'm more of a Wendy's gal, but <laughs> um you know, with McDonald's I would always use, like if I go into a McDonald's and there is one like a few blocks from me, it's to get some sort of ice cream. Like yeah. for whatever ice reason, I, yeah, that's that's why I'm going into McDonald's. Like maybe fries too, like fries and ice cream, but if I get like just a hankering for like a milkshake, I'm walking into the mcdonald's a couple blocks away and you know you don't have to talk to anyone because it's just you just like tap it on a screen um so that's that's it's probably that's not super exciting but that is my as i don't eat meat so like a little limiting um but yeah any any ice cream that they serve i'll probably eat
0: i do think that the uh the desserts slash breakfasts are peak mcdonald's yeah so, I, I, good, I. Good
2: pancakes. Good pancakes. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: They're actually really good. And the, as the, are apple, the hash browns, the apple pies are yes. really, are really good. Um, so, they go to McDonald's. They do have the best french fries, in my opinion, as well. Uh, yeah. Of any of the. Um, so, they go to McDonald's, Alexander and Carrie. At first, she faints, which I found kind of shocking uh, no. that she, <laughs> she fainted, but uh, but they go to McDonald's and they dance, which is probably the sweetest moment the two have as a couple.
1: Yeah, that was cute. It was real. The juxtaposition of like what they were wearing in yeah. McDonald's, I really liked the fainting. I didn't quite get. Yeah, like, it was weird. Didn't seem in character for her. It seemed very like you know, like a Victorian woman, like needing <laughs> a couch sort of, um, I didn't really get that, but I was like, is Carrie doing a bit right now? Is right, right. A bit? Who knows? Maybe the writers were like, I don't know how to, we need to like something to happen to like have this conversation happen. And maybe they were like, I don't know. I guess she just paints like it's season six people buy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a little odd, but that was, that was like the scene where i was like okay maybe i could see them as a couple Mm -hmm. like the scene in the mcdonald's where i was like maybe i'll buy this (laughs) i wasn't super sold yeah Um, but at least you're like oh there's a glimmer of i don't know something there it was
0: definitely a weird choice i think for the final season this for her final non-big relationship i don't know if if it was it was an interesting choice and somebody who never acted before we he's a professional the actors a professional um ballet dancer yeah um so not even a trained actor so i don't know it was a i I would be interested to know kind of how that all happened
1: uh my guess is um sarah Parker. Loves the ballet. Was very involved in the New York oh. City. Play. It was probably like Mikhail Baryshnikov. And I love Mikhail Baryshnikov. And I was also a dancer, so I was like thrilled that he was on there. I just wished that they had done him better, mm, <laughs> like yeah. as a character. Obviously, she's not going to end up with him. We know that. Um, but I just wish that I had liked Alexander more because I do love Mikhail Barishnikov. And I was like, what a like, what yeah. like? melding of worlds. Yeah, so, I actually, I just
2: think the acting is strong. I just think I watched it all out of order the first time so I got to the end of the not so great stuff he does so I was completely clouded.
0: by. Mm. Well, so then Samantha tells Carrie that she has cancer and that she's not doesn't want to talk about it at the wedding uh, but then Miranda insists and uh, so she does and she says we were all ourselves that day just the way Miranda wanted it. So that was that was very sweet. And yeah. uh and the wedding was very sweet and tough if you watched it just like that because they they were very frustrating on that show. But uh hopefully they they redeem themselves. Redeem Steve. Yeah. So uh yeah, what would Mar- you
1: when oh sorry, I
2: was just gonna oh, say when go Miranda ahead. has that line about um you are my people when she finds out about the cancer. I mean, and all the girls are there talking. It's like, this is the whole thing, the whole thread throughout the show that they're each other's soulmates. And this is what makes this show great, that it's in the fun times and they're drinking Cosmos and talking about men. And then it's also when the life is really, really tough. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I I really, I like this episode a lot.
0: Yeah. So what would you give this episode one to 10? What do you think, Jax?
2: I think I'd give it an- 8.5. 8.5. I really, really like it. I think it's really, it's an important episode for really every single one of these characters, but especially Brandon, and especially Sam.
0: What do you think, Kaylee?
1: Agreed. I'm like between an eight and a half and a nine. It's, I feel like all four characters had um, important things happen to, you know, some like two very big and two, you know, sort of like, just on the way to a bigger storyline um, and I felt like everything aside from the fainting everything was very um, very much who they are and I think you know for I think I pushed to a nine because of what Jax just mentioned the scene at the wedding mm-hmm. um, where you know it's her wedding reception and Miranda's who is she hanging out with like who are her soulmates it's her friends which <laughs> like is the whole point of the show
4: so. yeah Welcome to the Pilot Podcast. My name is BJ.
3: And my name is Me Too, and we promise this promo is worth it, so please don't skip ahead.
4: We're
1: two
3: judgy friends who put our judgmental skills to work for you. We review the pilot episodes of new and popular shows and shows that our listeners request to answer your question, should I watch this? Look, a lot of us are spending a lot more time at home. And yes, we should be reading and trying new projects and enriching ourselves. But does anything beat binging a great show? Let us take the guesswork out of deciding what your next show will be. Tune in to
1: The Pilot Podcast at thepilotpodcast.com.
0: Well, next episode, I agree with you guys. So the next episode is Catch 38, it's called. And in this episode, you have Alexander and uh, Carrie watching Brady. And you have Miranda suffering through uh, a honeymoon. Uh, and it's uh, Samantha um trying to get into a particular doctor, uh, a female doctor that she wants, and uh, her meeting a nun there at the um at the doctor's and uh, and her finally telling Smith about her cancer. And uh, so, yeah, lots going on in this episode. Um she finds out Smith finds out that, uh, she is going to have a lumpectomy and then around a chemo. And uh, so, yeah. What do you think overall about this episode, Jax?
2: I really, really like this one. I thought it was really exciting to get. I feel like such a full episode of getting to see Samantha shine. And both in her being kind of like this, like, tough woman, do whatever it takes to make it happen to having a lot of empathy for other people in the situation too, and to being really funny and vulnerable. I feel like this was like the kind of episode that she's deserved for a long time. So I was, I was really all in on this one.
1: Yeah. What'd you think Kaylee? Same. I really like this a lot. And I think, um, you know, the, what she does, which, you know, we'll get to but what she does, uh, in regards to the appointment with the nun is, I think a moment, a big moment of growth for Sam, um, and I don't think that that's necessarily something she would have done pre-diagnosis. And I don't think that's something she would have done in season one. Um, so it is, that is like, that was such a great scene. I, well, it was multiple scenes, but that was such a great, um, you know, little arc that she had within that doctor's office that I really liked. And I liked the episode overall, um, you know, I think i I was, I'm always a little surprised by Carrie's reaction to, um, all the baby stuff, but, um, but maybe that's just like me projecting onto her. I don't know. Yeah, Uh, I did like the episode a lot.
0: So Samantha gets really upset with her doctor who, uh, tells her that, uh, that women who haven't had children are more likely to get breast cancer. And, uh, He's not wrong. Uh, I found a study by the National Institute of Health, the National Cancer Institute, uh, that there is a relationship between or a risk factor uh, that uh, just says, studies have shown that a woman's risk of developing breast cancer is related to exposure to hormones that are produced by her ovaries. Reproductive factors that increase the duration and or levels of exposure to ovarian hormones which stimulates cell growth have been associated with an increase in breast cancer risk. These factors include early onset menstruation, late onset of menopause and factors that may allow breast tissue to be exposed to high levels of hormones for longer periods of time, such as later age at first pregnancy and never having given birth. So he's not wrong.
2: <laughs> it's it's <laughs> but- weird though. Imagine being with the doctor and being like, cool, cool, cool. That's, not helpful to me i mean i say this as a childless woman myself i would just be like all right uh, thanks
0: yeah i mean God. i guess once you already have it is it helpful to really know that you were high risk is that helpful like it seems like maybe that's information that's helpful before you have it but once you have it is it is it kind of gilding the lily to to, to tell her that i don't know um yeah. kaylee what do you think
1: I mean, I think, well, first of all, I don't think anybody's reason for having children should be to prevent breast cancer. I think there's, yes. <laughs> like, I don't think that that is a good move to make. I think if you um, yes. are high risk, there's many other mitigation fact, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons to have kids. That's not one of them. Um, that's true. So like, that's kind of the main reason that it bothers me because like, what is someone supposed to do? Even if you haven't been diagnosed, like, what are you supposed to do, like, rush out and have a kid because you think maybe it's gonna reduce, like, that's not why you should bring a human being onto this planet. And also, I think, yes, it's definitely, like, part of the science, but he... And I mean, like, look, a lot of doctors sort of lack compassion or bedside manner. That wasn't my experience, thankfully. But I think the way he says it, it's very, like, typical of some doctors. But also, it's like, you can present that information to a patient, I think, in a way that isn't, um, like, he definitely makes her feel like it's accusatory um, and sort of judgmental. And, you know, you can say, like, it's, and sorry if you. You can hear background noise there's something happening on my normally like very quiet street. um that's New York for you. Um but I think you can present information to a patient without making them feel like they did anything wrong. um like my doctors never made me feel like anything I ever did caused it other than like I have um not one of the like sort of main known about high risk um genetic mutations, but I have a genetic mutation. Turns out that uh, actually does indicate a moderate increased risk of breast cancer. So yeah, like what was, what was I going to do? Like not, Yeah. There's, and there was no reason to ever test me for that beforehand. I get, I get why she's upset. I think if it had been presented to me in that way, I don't know if I would have like stormed out. I would have found a new doctor though. I think I would have been like, eh, this isn't really for me. I think I need someone, woman or not, who- can at least present that fact more compassionately.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You agree, Jax?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think even, and and Rachel, you sent me that article before that I was reading through and like, even the way the article says it, you can make it seem, you can go through all the, the things that affect it rather than just being like, oh, because you are like, I feel a lot in this show, they, the women, and I get it, feel attacked for being either single or childless. And it's like, no, we're not gonna play that game. I need someone who understands me. So yeah, I think that was great that she, it, it also did remind me, and Kaylee could talk more about that too, but just, I felt like um, a lot of people came together to help her find the right doctor. And I feel like you had a, a nice village of women behind you doing that as well. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. um You know, people people who have been there before, who are like, you, you have to see my, do- like, you have to see my surgeon, I'm going to go with you. So my surgeon knows that I want you to see her, um, sort of a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it is, you're like, who, what, you know, it's very overwhelming. And you're like, I, who who do I even go to? So that's, mm-hmm. it's good to have that sort of, that sort of village, which, um, you know, in Sam's case, she doesn't seem to know any survivors. So she has to In that particular regard, like start the village. Yes.
0: Well, and I I also really related to Carrie in this episode because she so she's watching, uh, Brady and uh and with Alexander he's so great with Brady and uh, finds out she finds out that he has a daughter who's now twenty two named Chloe and like he's had a vasectomy and. That part of his life is over and she's 38 and feeling like well what i have to figure out that this question of like what do i want and uh, she says that uh that if she had wanted to have a baby she probably would have by now but what i don't know just i really i thought it was a really interesting uh conversation because i i think every woman at least has that just discussion within themselves of like well, what do i what do i want and and uh and can i make i guess can i make it happen um and uh i know, I, th- I thought that was really uh, cuz you i th- i think that women don't want to feel like they're not maternal like but you don't necessarily need to have a baby you know to do that but there is that feeling of like there's something wrong with me if I don't want to have a baby. I don't know. I, I I feel that. what What do you think, Jax?
2: I mean, I think thankfully, even since these episodes aired, a lot of that has changed. Like i I think that I am really lucky to know so many more women that I'm close with, you two, among them that are childless as am I and plan to remain. Um, and I'm, I love kids and I think I'm, I think I'm very maternal, but it's such a lifestyle change and it's such a a thing to commit to. That's so different than just loving to be around children. I think it is. I will say the information of him having a child would have thrown me. I would have happily dated someone with a kid. I think I actually would have really enjoyed that. Like I, I have no problems with that. I think it's suspect that at this point, you haven't mentioned that you have a child and that hit me in a way. And the vasectomy too, while that's ne- not necessarily printed information right now, I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like, what are you hiding boy? What's going on?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, so I have dated, um, I guess only one, but I've dated someone who has children and I think I found out, well, in modern age, I like figured it out because of Instagram, but I was told on like date two. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bizarre. And I mean, like his children are school aged and obviously Alexander's has grown, but I do think it's, I do think it's a part of, um, it's such a big part of your life being a parent, obviously. And I think it's, it struck me as odd that they had, I think they had clocked it as like two months or so-ish around this point. Like, it's not brand new. It's a little odd to me that he had never mentioned it before. And also if someone you're sleeping with is out of a sectomy, like it also seems like something you would know. Like, I feel like anything like that comes up Pretty early, so like I just saw those as red flags, and and it has nothing like aside from okay, maybe he like that part of his life is done, and she, um, you know, she might want that, and obviously, that's you know, that's a deal breaker, but it's just like that he kept it from her, and that just seems weird to me because again, it goes back to is there she is she actually getting to know the real person underneath, like all of this like pomp and circumstance that he kind of puts mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I I did like
0: her journal entry when she says that, how do we separate the, what we should do from what we, what we do. And uh, the, that, that can be a lot of pressure, the sort of the shoulds of mm-hmm. things. And I, one of my, one of my, I guess when I was in my twenties, one of my like spiritual struggles, I guess you'd say was, that especially in my, in my faith, there is definitely a, an expected kind of role for women a lot of times, um, to be sort of maternal and, uh, to have, you know, to have children. And I mean, that's just kind of expected. And because my mom had, uh, babies, uh, when i was in high school i had two i had one when i was a freshman and one when i was a uh, just starting college actually um i didn't really have like the sort of perfect view of being a mother that a lot of other mormon girls had my age um and a uh, realistic view. Yeah. I was, you got yeah, to I was like, first. that's you, really yeah. hard. I don't want to do that. And, uh, <laughs> but I, it was hard for me because when I would hear sometimes talks and things like that, they would talk about just how wonderful women are and how nurturing and sweet and blah, blah, blah. And I would just be like, that's not who I am at all. And I, and this is not very nice, but I would call it the ooey gooey women, <laughs> Uh, and uh, and it just didn't feel like me. I didn't feel like I was an ooey gooey woman. And <laughs> and it was hard. Uh, but I finally kind of came to the realization or the uh, revelation, whatever you want to call it, um, that God loved me for me and he made me the way that I am and that uh he was gonna use me however. I needed to be used and I didn't need to be like those other women and I shouldn't have judged them, but it was, it it was something that was, was hard for me growing up. And so I relate to what Carrie is kind of feeling about, like, there's, I think there's still this expectation of, of uh, that even if you don't have children, I do think there's still this expectation of, this is the way that you should feel about children and this is the way that women should be, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, that they should be ooey and gooey and, and some of us just aren't ooey and gooey mm-hmm.
2: I love watching Miranda be not ooey gooey, but being a mom like that's kind of fun too
0: mm-hmm. yeah, Yeah. exactly yeah, um, and speaking of not ooey and gooey, so Miranda is not on this honeymoon, she is not ooey and gooey <laughs>
2: Oh man, I get this. I can't relax. Like I, I remember watching this episode for the first time, like, and just being like, that looks like my nightmare. I, and not that I can't relax. I just mean, I do different things to relax. This is not
1: for me. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Like the setting I'm into, like, take me to a cabin in the woods. I'm so into that, but like, I want I, and this was obviously like almost 20 years ago, but I want cell reception slash wifi. I would like a television. I like to bond with people by like curling up and watching what, like a movie, whatever, something stupid. Um, so I would want the option of a television, even if it's like hidden away. Um, it doesn't have to be like prominently displayed, but I would like to be able to, to use it. And I would like, I would be like, let's go do stuff. Like, let's go on a hike. Like, I wouldn't want to stay in that cabin the whole time. I'd be like, yeah, beautiful environment that we're in. We're finally, we finally escaped the city. Like, let's enjoy it. And I would feel very suffocated by Steve if I were her, as she did. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Rachel, I, how would you feel? You're Steve Stan. So maybe you're like, this is my damn. Yeah. I
0: mean, I don't know. Like, I would probably be. I, the hardest part would be not having my phone because I am I am full on out addicted to my my phone. I I, I was I went to a um sleep therapist a while back, and uh, she she said to me she said, uh, "How about you go this whole weekend without looking at your phone?" And I my immediate reaction was. <laughs> like i i I had like a physical reaction, and I was kind of shocked that I had that reaction, and she's like, "Whoa, okay, how about we go this afternoon? I'm like, okay, I get to do that." yeah, hey, at least like work up to it yeah like, <laughs> like I could go a whole weekend. Are you crazy? Uh, because I don't know, I just have so many balls in the air. I feel like if i if I don't have my phone, everything just falls apart which probably isn't true but that's my anxiety i feel like i instead of it being an anxiety reducing activity it's an anxiety increasing activity uh but yeah yeah, and and i mean i it's hard just because i love media so much i love movies i love you know things that that relaxing i would want it to at least have a tv i mean because that's just part of the fun and i i'm not much of an outdoorsy person i have to say as far as hiking and stuff no thank you
1: <laughs> but
0: if we could swim i'm a big swimmer big swimming fan but but anyway uh yeah it was pretty funny <laughs> things just get worse and worse and kind we're going of to remind me of if you want to see a really funny movie uh there's this movie called save yourselves this was at sundance a couple of years ago but um it's about this like yuppie couple who decide to go to this uh off the grid cabin and while they're at the cabin there's an alien invasion and it's really funny (laughs) <laughs> check
2: it out. Oh, that's so fun! She's, that would like spice a, things up. I could do that.
0: Yeah, there's like a there's like a gun at the uh, and uh, and he's she's like, should we get the gun? And she's like, do I look like a gun person? Like,
3: what?
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's a funny. It's a really funny, funny movie, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> I I think I I think that I would at least want a TV, but I don't know why they didn't know that. Going into this, this was like a friend's cabin or something. All right. I
1: don't remember. I, yeah. my impression, I guess my impression was that Steve was sort of in charge of like Steve had kind of handled the whole cabin thing, and Miranda was just like, sure, um, I'll take off of work. That was maybe I'm totally wrong, but mm-hmm. that, and I like, yeah, that's so, the vibe yeah. I
2: got too. Yeah.
1: So
0: Samantha tells uh smith and that was a really good good scene uh yeah i've i we all really like him um and then we also find out that the receptionist for this doctor that they're waiting from uh is a big fan of smith is really funny <laughs> uh,
1: she did such a good job yeah. she did <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that that whole scene and i'm so blank i'm blanking on the name of the actress who played the nun, but she's also so great. Yeah. Julia um,
0: Sweeney is her yeah, name.
1: Thank you. Julia Sweeney. She's so great. You know, my friend, when I was diagnosed, it said like, you know, something to the effect of like, welcome to the club, you know, it's a club no one wants to be in, but um, like, it's a really strong club. And you sort of see that in Samantha, like, again, like that moment of personal growth that we see anyway, where she's mm-hmm. like, she, you know, whatever, she makes sure that 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 the nun gets an appointment too yeah well and it is true my so my brother-in-law's
0: grandma um was uh became an a nun after her husband passed away and uh and so i met her she was actually she was living in indianapolis when i was serving my mission there and, uh, and so I met her and that was one of the things she says that they don't like wear the habit all the time. Like you see in movies and, and, uh, the full habit and, uh, and, uh, it's so, yeah, that, that is a thing that, you know, they just wear regular clothes a lot of the time.
1: I thought it was so funny when she shows up in it to just try to yeah. like, oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, this work, this tactic. Yeah. I thought that was
2: great. <laughs> yeah yeah I also loved when uh yeah, they they were bonding over a variety of things, and I liked that the nuns the nun wasn't at they weren't judgmental of each other, right, even though they're so different. And I think it's like what you're saying, Kaylee, that they all realize they're in this like same club that no one wants to be in. They just sort of accept each other for who they were and that they're stuck there together doing that. and I yeah, it was really i I definitely teared up when she got the nun the seven forty five appointment.
1: I know me too was like, Sam. Mm -hmm. um you know she did it after she got her own but it's like she wasn't just gonna leave another person in the same situation like hanging out to dry yeah and what I appreciate about it too is I think for Sam it was not and this was very on character like and they didn't make it some sort of weird thing where like she had any sort of connection to this woman being a nun like she wasn't helping her because she was nun um she was helping her because she was a breast cancer patient yeah. and i felt like that was super on brand because like sam is not a religious person and wouldn't feel like compelled to help someone based on the fact that they were a nun mm-hmm.
2: yeah and along those lines i also love the way that she did it without any sort of like ceremony it was like she was getting someone a table at a hot new restaurant like you're welcome <laughs> yeah I, I thought that was also very on brand for sam they didn't they didn't make it this like really um meaningful moment
1: and because they didn't that's why i was crying (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly Mm -hmm. because you know it then and then it says is it you know it says thanks or whatever and and then it just moves on like it's not like she's sitting there sobbing like i'll never repay you yes
2: yes mm -hmm. it was just a sweet little little moment my
1: boyfriend
0: yeah (laughs) um one last thing so carrie uh is wearing this knit hat uh, when she's talking with Alexander, um, what do we think of that? Do you think it's cute? Pink, floppy, kind of knit hat.
1: For the time, yes. <laughs> like if you had asked two thousand and four, three or four, me, I would have been like, cute. Now I'm less into
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Jax, do you like it?
2: Um. Okay, yes, but in the way that it's, like, I feel like half the time Carrie's in a full-on costume. Like, she's, <laughs> like, the the Manic Pixie dream girl, like, doing that <laughs> thing. And she's – but sometimes you're, like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And I almost like that, especially season six where some of it's just wild, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, next episode that we're talking about is called Out of the Frying Pan – and, uh, this is, uh, where we have, uh, Charlotte and, uh, Harry, uh, they tried IVF twice and find out none of her eggs are viable. Uh, and, uh, and then we have Steve and Miranda start looking for an apartment in Brooklyn. <laughs> and, uh, then we also have Carrie getting frustrated with Alexander, um, about their different, ways of dealing with uh this cancer in their friends lives and their their different communication styles that's for sure um and then we have samantha looking for a wig for an event with um smith uh so pretty fun episode uh what did you think overall uh, kaylee
4: um i really like this one a lot ho 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 independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the hallmarkies family
3: starting at only two dollars a month as a patron you will have access to our facebook patreon group where we talk about the movies shows and more all year
4: we also have many monthly patron watch alongs with guests like lacey chabert natalie hall paul campbell mary lou henner and more giving their behind the scenes
3: details of their films As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers.
4: So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it.
3: Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more.
4: That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. There was a lot of fun moments
1: with Charlotte and the dog and that whole journey. And I kind of forgot that that's how she... Wired, um, her dog, uh, um, and I'm I'm like I'm not a fan of Carrie and Alexander. Um, I do this made me. This is the episode where you're like, okay, I feel like he's maybe not a bad person, but they are very much not right for each other Mm -hmm. based on like the communication barrier because he wasn't trying to be an asshole, um, but the way it was coming across, uh, you know, was not great. Um, and then Sam's whole journey, uh, I think is so funny. Um, I mean the poor man in the wig shop, but, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, so do great. you have, did you have
0: popsicles at your chemo?
1: <laughs> I didn't have popsicles. Um, and it's interesting. Chemo lounge. Know, yeah. Uh, luckily my breast center has had like individual rooms so you were like <laughs> chilling. Oh, that's good. Um there was a TV. I, mean, I didn't have popsicles, but they did have food and like applesauce and stuff and I brought a lot of my own snacks. Um but you know, it's interesting going through something like this in a pandemic because it is a very different oh, experience. Yeah. Um where you couldn't just like have people come in, you could have like one person who was fully vaccinated. Um accompany you to the first one. And then that was it. Unless you were someone who needed, who had like, um, you know, full-time assistance or um, like a, like a home health aid or something and needed the home health aid. And like that person could come. So yeah, I didn't like get to have my girls come and happy hour. Like it was like a popsicle happy hour. Yeah. No, but also like you don't, they, you know, you get pre-meds, like I got Benadryl. So it's not like Like by the end of it, I was sort of perked back up, but there's like a lot of time that you're just sitting there. Like my hands and feet were on ice to prevent neuropathy. And I was sort of happy to just be alone and be left alone and have a TV on that I wasn't really watching because the Benadryl Mm -hmm. had me so happy. Um, So yeah, different experience there. Not saying (laughs) that I think scams does happen less likely in a pandemic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. So what was it like for you going wig shopping?
1: Um, so I'm so into wigs. I uh, certainly, I want my hair to grow back, but, um, and, and I cold capped, which is a method to try to preserve it. And it did preserve some, but not in a way that like, if I, if I walked up, on the street with my hair as it is, people would be like, something's going on there, which, you know, Sam points out, like, I don't want to look sick on, the, like, I don't want to, like, walk around looking like a sick person, um, you know, which is something that people who have alopecia deal with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I didn't go anywhere. You can, I didn't go anywhere. I just looked out. I was a little nervous with red, like, auburn sort of copper hair, finding a match, but I found tons of really good matches. Um, I have like an expensive wig that looks almost exactly like my actual hair, like it, like bizarrely. So, um, I think, and then I have other wigs that are a color match, but you know, different styles. So I've had a lot of fun with it. I went with, um, trying to make it look as much like my actual hair as possible. Um, but I do have a pink wig like salmon's, you know, ultimately ends up wearing at one point, Mm -hmm. um,
0: And I feel like now because uh, fashion colors, this is what they, I guess, call it that they are uh, they're so common now that it wouldn't even like people wouldn't even like think give it a second thought if if you had pink hair on the red carpet.
1: Yeah. And even like on the street in New York City, I, you know, I wore the pink wig to ring the bell. Um, It's a tradition to like ring a bell when you finish chemo. Oh, yeah. I I wore a pink wig to ring the bell. And at first I was like, oh, I'm not gonna wear this. Like I'll take it off and just put something else on to walk home. And then I was like, I mean, I guess I'll just wear it home. And I'm sure some people like look twice, but nobody really seemed to know work. No,
0: it's so common now. I mean, <laughs> it's it's really lost its rebellious factor, I feel like, color yeah. hair. <laughs>
4: but uh but yeah
0: the we all like we said we also have charlotte and harry and in this episode and um and ivf is brutal and it uh and it's not very effective um the late i found a thing it says the latest report from 2018 shows 50% of ivf procedures in women ages 35 and under resulted in a live birth for women ages 42 and older 3.9% of egg transfers resulted in a birth. Wow. So, uh, I mean, even for under 35, 50%. And those, a lot of times those doctors really oversell it. And they're like, we're the ones that are, that are, uh, I've heard from a lot of, a lot of friends and stuff who've done this because it's so expensive, uh, to do it. And, uh, it's, extremely stressful it's painful you get on all these hormones with it um so yeah it's not something I guess to be taken lightly and if they've already done it twice uh I can understand why they're this is a very difficult thing for for them Mm
3: -hmm.
0: situation
2: it's so hard to see her go through I have a friend who's she's well she's pregnant now which is great but she went through it three times. And, um, she's a, she's a single mom. And I mean, just the kind of strength that it takes to do that. I mean, it's just unimaginable to me and yeah, watching her go through this and Harry saying to her, like, are we going to do it again? She's like, yes, of course. You know, I mean, and he's so supportive and they're such a good team, but I really do appreciate that Harry is lovingly letting her know there are other options for them to have children, but I don't think he's pushing it. I think he's just being again, wonderfully Mm -hmm. Harry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, let's stop on IVF. He's just like, yeah, there's, Mm -hmm. there's multiple roads to parenthood and we can always talk about the other ones.
0: Yeah. And then she meets, uh, Dana Ivy playing this lady, Trudy, uh, who has show dogs. And uh, she has this little dog that's uh, it's a Cocker Spaniel, right? Is
1: it's that like right? A, is it like a King Charles? Oh, yeah. Maybe? yeah.
0: Something so like- cute. It's like a Lady in the Tramp dog. Yes. Lady dog. um, And adorable. Uh, and, the, and Trudy's kind of like, oh, he has a short leg. So it's kind of... <laughs> Just because he's not perfect doesn't mean he's not valued uh, very Charlotte sweet, relates. <laughs> very sweet uh and and Trudy ends up sending her a puppy and which was just so cute and uh, they decide to name Elizabeth Taylor, which is so funny and uh, adorable um, yeah. the part that. that made me like squirm is all times there that when alexander kills the mouse at the beginning with i don't think you really could do that i think the mouse would swarm away before you could squish it with a frying pan like that but then when that like a big mouse is in her bed oh my gosh i would die
2: i had that happen once that the mouse was on my bed and (laughs) i i mean it's weird though like I thought I would have flipped out more, but in the moment, there's not a ton that you could do. It wasn't by my face, but it was, I was in bed. I was alone in bed and it was at like the foot of the bed. And I just remember like getting up and like standing on the bed and, and like just kind of flouncing it off and then like leaving the house and just hoping that it would work itself out. Right. Like, I don't, honestly, I don't even know what happened because I didn't kill it. And I was living with roommates at the time, but I don't think anyone did anything about it, but yeah, it. The the killing it with a frying pan was hard stomach. And also Carrie, I think was a little bit like, that felt a little barbaric to her. I'm not saying that you could just let rodents overrun your home, but
1: the way it was done, I think it scared her a little bit because it scared me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm also a fan of catch and release. Like I, that's what I would, that's what I do. Um, When the problem arises, I have no problem like catching a cute little mouse, taking it outside, releasing it somewhere with greens and like hoping it stays there. Um, yeah, I found that, like, I just hated it, um, (laughs) because I, I will catch and release. Um, I, and it was so violent and like unnecessarily violent. Um, I've never had a mouse in my bed. I had a cockroach in my bed. Oh, that's worse. I think (laughs) mice Mice are cute. And some people have mice as pets and I don't know anyone who has a cockroach. Um, I just like pulled back my bed and it was even the sound of Cockroach
4: like,
1: Oh, Um, but even that I didn't like, well, first of all, like, what am I, I'm not going to smash it in my bed. It was very, it was like late. I was trying to go to bed. My roommate and I, this was in college. We just like, like covered her arm in like bags and paper towel and she grabbed it. And then we like ran down the hall and pulled down the trash chute and like sent the whole, like the bags, the paper towel and the roach down the trash chute. So like, it's not like I was like, put it on the floor and stomp it. I was like, let's just move it somewhere else. Move it, it'll survive. They survive anything. And it's a oh. roach, like I wouldn't have thrown a mouse down a trash chute. Like that's sad to me, I would have taken it outside, but I'm like, a roach will survive it. If it's alive, it'll survive it. It'll be in the trash where it loves and thrives. Um, Honestly,
2: you're providing a community service that that roach. I-
0: i i'm not as nice as you i i have mouse traps and i use them and i take them the the the, i've only had it happen twice one time was there was a mouse underneath my bed which freaked me out and uh it got caught in the mouse trap and and then the other time was in my kitchen area and uh and it got on a glue trap oh
3: it was so (laughs) gross
1: those are awful too because it's like (laughs) other traps at least just take them out whereas like the glue traps they suffer and they make no you know and they're like screaming i can't It was so gross
0: it was so gross so yeah yeah, it it is not oh it is awful it is awful uh they're just so gross uh but anyway and so I mean, it's an interesting conversation, I think, that Alexander and Carrie have, and when he says, I I just didn't want you to be surprised um, by it. Uh, And, you know, I I feel like that yes, he should be sensitive to her, especially when she asks him repeatedly not to talk about it, Um, but I also think, like, it's it probably isn't all that healthy to, like, pretend that it's not even, like, an option and not even, like, kind of deal with it at all Um, is probably not the best, but I don't know.
2: I, I, the way he speaks about it, though, is such a conversation uh, killer, excuse my pun, but, like, she died. It's, like, it's not, like, yeah. he's talking her through it or saying, oh, I actually had a friend who passed away it was really hard for me and kind of surprising but she had a later stage cancer but do you want to talk about it it is i i mean it's just the way he goes about it's so startling and it's immediately like centering himself in it um
1: yeah i don't know it it, it was hard to watch i he's mm-hmm. not listening to her like that's what bothers me is and he just keeps repeating the same thing like if you're really like i need to get this I really feel it's important to communicate this thing to this person and you're like my friend who died and they're like oh my god no 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 no, like I I don't want to hear it and then the next thing you say is but my friend who died and they're like stop please stop it's like he just kept start trying to start it the same way we're like that's not working like no new tactic yeah like she's not hearing she's not going to hear it she's not going to receive whatever like wisdom you think you're bestowing because like your approach is wrong for her so either Mm -hmm. pivot and try Try a different approach yeah like Mm -hmm. try to start moving like heading in that direction in a different way um like let me tell you about my friend or just cut to the chase like I was really surprised and it was really like traumatic for me to have gone through it this way and that's all I was trying to tell you and then let her be like okay I want to hear more
3: Mm -hmm.
1: but it's just the way he's refusing to listen to her and then like calls her a child that i hate.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so what do we think
0: about Steve and uh and Maranta moving to Brooklyn? <laughs> and i did look just out of curiosity. It is true that they they're way cheaper. Uh even now to this day, uh you can get some pretty good deals. I was looking on uh Brooklyn on uh, Zillow that uh, there's some pretty nice places for like, uh, under $300,000, you can get apartments in Brooklyn still to this day. Um, so uh, yeah, whereas like in Manhattan, I mean, forget it.
1: Yeah. So, Depending on the neighborhood of Brooklyn. um, yeah. I I have to look at this because Brooklyn is trendy now. So uh, Brooklyn's not for me. I did try it. um, But I have to look at this through the lens of 20 years ago, where like, you did not you did not like move to Brooklyn. Um, whereas now it's like the very cool place to be. Um, so to leave the Upper West Side for Brooklyn, I, I can't, I don't know if they ever specified. I just always assumed she bought like in Brooklyn Heights. That's always been my impression. Um, and Brooklyn Heights is a very nice neighborhood. So something affordable there would have to be as run down and like <laughs> fixer upper y as. What they end up with because that is a nicer neighborhood that's you know, like the Cosby show, um, although like not mm-hmm. a fan of his, but that is the neighborhood yeah. that the, the you know, Brownstones, the yeah, it is Brownstone, Brooklyn. So I've always just assumed that an Upper West Sider, if they move to Brooklyn, is moving to Brooklyn Heights. So that is like a pricier neighborhood, but she did what you do if you're smart financially, which is you like buy the rundown place, fix it up, and then you're in a great place. Yeah, it's a struggle. And 20 years ago, I mean, 20 years ago, going to Brooklyn, and even today, if you move there, like, you have to know that your Manhattan friends aren't going to come to your apartment. (laughs) Like, they're not, you're going to have to go to them every single time. And so you're going to feel sort of removed from them and further away. And it's a bigger hassle to get over the bridge and all of that stuff. Um, So she does it for her family it's a sacrifice that she realizes is the right call but uh mm-hmm. it's hard to watch her go to brooklyn i gotta say
0: yeah and he says this isn't about you anymore and uh that's you know that's true you know your your family gets bigger you need more space i mean yeah. gotta make it work uh and uh, yeah. What do you think Jack's about moving to Brooklyn? <laughs>
2: uh, well, I lived in Astoria, Queens for a long time. As Kaylee knows, she's been there many times. Uh, I lived in Brooklyn very, very briefly. Uh, I, I love the Manhattan love in this show though. Like I love living in Manhattan. I, but it is, it is funny too, how they have no mercy for her in the most adorable, hilarious way. Like she's already in Manhattan's and, Carrie's like well Manhattan's so great and I think it also is funny too I think it was in this episode which also reminds me of you Kaylee because I don't think you actually did this but you joked about doing this when Samantha's like I can't I have cancer oh
1: I've done that
2: <laughs> I fully
1: support it like yeah. it's the
2: one excuse I'm like yeah sure and I've done it, it almost
1: like the exact same way where I'm like I make, I'm like very openly aware. I'm like making people aware that I am absolutely pulling the cancer card where I'm just like, like, I can't remember. I was at a work event um, out in the Hamptons and I like joked with someone about doing something. And I was like, I mean, and at the same time as I was like, I have cancer. They were like, but you have cancer. <laughs> so it is a, it is a get out of jail free card. And if you're lucky, it's not permanent. So you got to use it while you can. Absolutely. And I also would a hundred percent if someone was like, Do you want to meet me in Brooklyn for brunch? I'd be like, ooh, I have cancer. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs)
1: Come to the Upper West Side. Yeah. 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 Or at least we'll meet in the middle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and speaking of the cancer, so Smith shaves his hair. Oh, my goodness. Which was so swoon worthy. (laughs) He's so great.
4: This man. This man. Yeah.
1: Yeah it's and you think he's gonna shave her head and then he shaves his own like he doesn't take that away from her he just no. like um you know because that is like a moment for those who do it like a, an empowering moment um but yeah he just like joins her in it and in solidarity it's so good
0: mm-hmm. yeah i'm surprised that uh, this uh jason lewis he hasn't done i mean he's he's kept working i guess well the last project he was in was 2000 and 18 um oh. so maybe maybe who i wonder what he's doing because it, it, he's so great he's so charismatic and he seems like somebody who could have really been a like a big star so you always yeah. wonder how yeah. things work
1: jason. yeah jason we
2: love
0: you yes yes uh he was, he was on brothers and sisters um and uh Few other things, but uh, but anyway, he's great and uh, I love the character. So, uh, so what would you give this episode, uh, Kaylee, one to 10?
1: I would give this a nine.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: up there, it's a good one. It's good. I can handle the like, I can handle the violent mouse thing, um, just barely, but everything else I thought was great.
0: Uh, what do you think, Jax?
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think
2: aside from, I, again, not really feeling as, as we've all said, Carrie and Alexander, but, um, between the dog and, um, Smith shaving his head and being there, Samantha, and she is this great vulnerable moment. And then I love the Manhattan love, like the, it's just so iconic sex in the city. It, it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. Um, I would also give it a nine. It's, it's such a great episode. And you can almost feel them getting towards the end, which also kind of gives me a lot of feels too. Yeah.
0: We're almost done. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I would probably give it like an eight or an 8.5, but it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a fun episode. So there we go. Thank you so much, Kaylee, for coming and talking with us. This was so fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes. Um, and if people want to follow you on socials and everything, how can they do that?
1: You can follow me on Instagram at Kaylee Scott, uh, um, I always spell it out because it is not phonetic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And Jax, what about you?
2: Uh, Jacqueline C. Tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram.
0: Great. And you can follow us at city Girls Pod on Twitter. Every time I see anything sex and city related, I try to post it. So make sure to check out that. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast, the Homeworkies Pod, the Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. Five stars. And if you are watching YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. And... Uh, and we check out our patron group and merch store. We have City Girls Pod merch. Take a look at that. And thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to
4: y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.